it, it, we don't really get emotional about it in the movie, especially because like we're filmmakers. It's not really about us, but we're part of the story. But we're like we're like D characters in the movie. Like okay. we're in it and we talk about what happens, but we don't want to come across as like bitter former employees because it's I, I'm not bitter. I'm very proud of the things that I did at CrossFit. I'm I'm you know, I, I respect people's individuality and their decisions. And, and if Greg Glassman wants to take his company in the direction that he wants to go, that's his prerogative. And, and, and if I let other people's decisions affect how I live my life and my happiness, it, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be a very extremely unhappy person. But but uh, I try to live a life where my decisions determine my happiness and how I react to other people's is, is simply just a, a way to work around and, and continue being happy. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale CrossFitter. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie and I, we love the sport of CrossFit. We are 40 plus masters athletes who just love to watch the sport and want to let you know what's going on all the way from the open to the sanctionals to the CrossFit games. We also want to give you interviews with athletes human interest stories, and things that will help you in your daily grind uh, as a CrossFit athlete. We also want to share our own struggles through our workouts, our nutrition plans, all the way to getting healthy and fit uh, for our family and friends. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, and please consider giving us a five-star rating. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. We are spread out around Columbus tonight, uh, recording this for you. Um, so we have Amy at her house. Yo. And we have Charlie at his house. Yo. And we have me at my house. Yo. <laughs> so, and the reason we are all spread out is a couple of us uh, had some major participation this weekend at the Arnold Fitness Expo. We talked about that on our last episode that part of that kind of got shut down by the coronavirus, uh, but the competition still went on. And Amy competed as part of a six-person team at that event. And I com I competed as a judge. You yeah. did? Yeah. I, got I to watched on the Facebook. And yeah. Charlie watched on the live stream, which was really cool uh, for a... I mean, it's a pretty big local comp for us here in Columbus uh, or Ohio because there were teams from all over Ohio, uh, but they did live stream it. Uh, so for those spectators that weren't allowed to come, you could still watch it uh, through the live stream, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So let's talk about this competition a little bit. You want to talk about it? Okay, I'd rather talk about it than, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, so, it's was... so it's so cool that on my group of my crew that does this podcast we have the team mvp for the second place six person team <laughs> i was a really good cheerleader this weekend i didn't know that you were the mvp oh no i was a really good cheerleader i, I, I did a great job cheering my team on charlie hey okay they're all good at something listen i just want to point out there were two masters on our team, mm -hmm. two 30 year olds and two 20 year olds. So we, we had, a, we should have definitely taken first place for the masters at, through millennials. 
is all I'm saying. There you go. Oh, yeah. Neil's a master's. Dang. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, yo. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, you guys went in a little older than a lot of those other teams. Yeah. And still took second place. We did. So you guys, you guys did really well days one and two, right? That was, that was yeah. kind of the weed out portion of this thing. And things, yeah, they, thing, things got pretty serious today. They did. So things, I, I felt, they, well, let's take it back. I felt they were serious the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It felt very serious to me the entire time. And, but the, the kind of annoying thing, like it was a well-run event, you know, they had to make so many, you know, last minute changes. So I, you know, I really want to support what they did, but I did feel like the two Friday and Saturday events, we were just testing the same things just in different ways. So we did a lot of dumbbell snatches, a lot of toes to bark, toes to ring, a lot of that echo bike um, and double unders and front squats. So it was like kind of the same things those two days. And then, then the it, you know the top six teams made it to Sunday the finals, and then it got real serious. Like I mean, real serious. Yeah, like wall balls to a twelve foot target. Yeah, serious. and you know what? Let me tell you about that. So I tried it, got no repped three times. That was after <laughs> I did. Listen, listen here. I did sixty thrusters before that. <laughs> I tried to jump. I tried to jump it. It didn't work. Oh, I did uh, whatever. It did. I actually, I actually had that heat off and got to watch it in person, live yeah. in Technicolor. Your attempts at the twelve foot wall ball. I made three attempts and then said pass. <laughs> so I cheered my other teammates on the rest of that event because here was the other part. Charlie, I don't even know if you saw this, but it was 30 dumbbell ground overheads. Mm -hmm. And for men, it was 100 pounds. And for mm -hmm. ladies, it was 70. Mm. And I'm going to be honest that I'm not even sure that I, sh I, I mean, could ever do that. I don't know if I will. But we don't even have a 70 at our gym. So goodness, I didn't even do it. So then I tried to do the wall balls and I was like, I'm out guys. <laughs> That's when the number one cheerleader showed up. And I mean, I can do bar muscle ups, but I can't string them together. Like, you know, our gymnast that we have on our team. So that's when I turned into you guys are doing a great job. Right. But the other thing, I don't know if you saw this, Charlie, but on uh, what day was it? Schweitzer, when I did the, the round the world toes to rings. <laughs> oh that was yesterday yes, oh, yeah. yesterday okay so let me tell you about how that happened so i'm a short little person and i had to jump up to get the rings and so they had these those little mats that you can use well mine was kind of set to the angle and i just you know had the the jitters you know just competition jitters and so i jumped up you know at an angle and could never gain control again but i was still getting my reps so i was like screw it i'm going around the world i'm toastering the best part was jen below you like she was going to yeah. catch you when you fell off the <laughs> rings well so the, then then um coach was like hey amy why don't you put that mat in the center of the rings <laughs> oh duh so then my my next set was 
much, much, much better. Yeah, you strung them together much better once you stopped spinning while doing yeah. them. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to be able to provide some good content for today's podcast. So. Good. And you've yeah. done that. Yes, thank you. So, I yeah, I got real serious today, and I'm glad it's over. I don't know if you saw, but did you see the person fall off the yes. the, the bar doing bar oh, yeah. muscle-ups? Yeah. Like, landed on her head. Oh, gosh. And then got right back up and did more. So, let me tell you also the awful thing about today. So, my one of my least favorite, I will say, workouts is Fran. Because it's the one that causes me the most anxiety. Even mm-hmm. the small, short little workout. I'm not a sprinter. I don't like them. Today's workout started with a super Fran. Mm-hmm which was 25, 20, 15 of thrusters and pull-ups. Now, the thruster bar was lighter. It was 55 pounds. That's all fine and great. It doesn't change the fact of how it feels in your throat. Mm. You know, with that burning metallic feeling. Right. And then when you, I saw you comment on our uh, thing to, for me to go to fast singles later. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what the problem was, Charlie. When I got over there to do pull-ups, I looked at my skin, and it was so freaking white (laughs) from no oxygen. Welcome to the Raynaud party. That I had to just stop so I could get some blood flow before I jumped on the pull-up bar. So, you know, it was weird because I felt like I didn't really do much for my team today. um, Other than be a cheerleader, but it was it was great having a, a front row you know, watching them crush that last wad. Don't sell yourself short. You guys got second. That's yeah. 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 You got to carry the prizes to the car. Right. Uh, no, I had, I had my husband who is my pit <laughs> crew. He, he did that, but, but Charlie, I got some, I got a spike ball so we can, we can use that for a warm up now. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, um, it was great that you guys took second. Um, I was so proud of the gym and all and all of you guys for doing that. It was really cool watching it up close and personal. Um, but the Arnold really had a weird feeling. Um, you know, we talked about on the last episode that spectators weren't allowed. Man, it was eerie how quiet that place was. Yeah. Well, for me, it was good because I've never been to the Arnold because I don't like a lot of people. And so this was a nice introduction for me to be able to come into the Arnold like that. Um, and to be honest, like when we started working out, you didn't, you didn't notice because they had such, you know, they had a DJ, they had great announcing. So it didn't feel like there was nobody there. Yeah, they once did, you start moving, they did the kind zone. of make it feel like a, like a big time, big time uh, event, which it really is because yeah. it is statewide and, uh, there are yeah. really fit people that show up at this thing, um, which uh, is pretty amazing. Yeah. So you said this yeah. is a good introduction. Does that mean you're doing it again next year? Uh, listen, I'm <laughs> I'm going to be on a master's team. I mean, there's no, I have no business <laughs> throwing around with these 20-something year olds. Okay? Let's go. I'm in. Okay. Let's, we make up our own. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, um, it was my first time back judging since, uh, other than like a couple local comps, my first time back judging since the 2018 regionals. Um, and it was, I forgot how mentally fatiguing and how much standing on that cement hurts. 
Oh, that's uh, terrible. Because each heat was an hour long. So you, you're out there, no break for an hour. Um, and I am, I am completely whooped. I probably did more work than Amy this weekend. I, you probably did. <laughs> <laughs> that's a no joke. <laughs> but anyway, it was good to get back out there and kind of get the juices flowing and I felt kind of like out of sorts until, until today, today just kind of snapped in and, um, and I, you know, I, I felt like I had my full, full fervor back with my, my fingers in the air and all that kind of stuff. So it was good to be back out there. Um, Charlie, what'd you think of the stream? Charlie. Okay. What? What'd you think of the stream? That was good. Um, so I kind of watched both. I watched the the Facebook stream of um, Amy's Facebook, and then the other one, and it was it was good. The uh, the announcers were really uh, that first day. I think they got a little little into the bourbon, so it started to get more entertaining. Real, by yeah. the end. I watched it later. It got real entertaining. And uh, but yeah, they were. I mean, they were doing a good job. It was, you know, it seemed like there was only maybe one camera, so it was little hard to see everybody but um kind of why i went to the to, to amy's live feed but um no it was a good job well cool well with that we're gonna we did actually um amy and i did an interview a couple days ago with uh, a couple people you may know um so yeah if you don't know what that means uh, we did an interview with the Buttery Bros, and it it is unique in a couple different ways. Um, it was supposed to be with both of them. Um, Marston forgot about it because he was replacing some light bulbs and kind of came in about 20 to 25 minutes in the middle of the call. And so what I did is I I just left all that in there because... I think it's pretty entertaining and it kind of sums up who they are and what they are and, um, and what role each one of them plays. And so with that, we're gonna roll the footage. footage. (laughs) Hey Heber, what's going on? What's going on guys? How are you? Great. We are awesome. Uh, we're we're here in Columbus with uh, all the fallout from the Arnold Fitness Expo. <laughs> so yeah, been... my goodness, what is going on there? Oh my gosh, it has been a headache. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, Amy is actually competing in it, and they've they've canceled it and put it back on like six times. I, I mean, I, I honestly have whiplash from yesterday's canceling and and reinstating and and all that. So as of now, we're still competing. But no spectators. Now no spectators. Because no. yesterday they announced spectators. Yep. yep, yep. That's part of the whiplash. Wow. And yeah. and what are you competing in? Uh, six person CrossFit uh, competition at the affiliate gathering. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Very and, cool. And I'm judging the event. Um, and so are they we've allowing been judges. To, they are allowing judges. <laughs> <laughs> and they're allowing they're allowing spectators for four events. Uh, the, like the big ones, um, strong man and the bodybuilding stuff. So, okay. 
Yeah, because yeah, the bodybuilders are healthy. Their immune system should be high, right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely yeah. get them surrounded by a crowd, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, so it, it sounds like a catastrophe over there, but fun. yeah. Yeah. So we're glad we get to talk to you because at least we get to laugh and have some fun tonight. Um, so, yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. Um, My pleasure. I want to start by saying, you know, you guys um, are putting out a new T-shirt. Um, and that is going to, um, to support those affected by human or human trafficking. Is that correct? Uh, sorry, you kind of cut out talking about our new t-shirt. Yeah. The spread butter, spread joy, uh, going to the charity to, uh, help with human trafficking. Yes. Yeah. We, we, uh, have partnered up with OUR and really they're, you know, we didn't really give them a choice. We just said, Hey, we're going to make this shirt. We want to donate you some money. Is that okay? And they said, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, they're, they're local here to, to Utah. I'm very familiar with the, the concept and, uh, um, I've been aware of the organization for like seven or eight years. And it's a very awesome opportunity to be able to help them out. Cause what they're doing is absolutely insane. And the fact that they have to exist is blows my mind, but, uh, it's something necessary in this world we live in now and so where can people get those shirts because they are sweet looking. Uh, butterybros.com all right cool and tell us about the other big thing that's coming out soon like you know april yeah so we have a new movie dropping april 7th on apple tv and on uh other platforms where you can rent and buy on april 14th and that movie is called the fittest so it's kind of like um I don't know if you call it a part four, but we have what we, we referred to when we worked at CrossFit headquarters as the the, uh, the fittest on earth series. Since we no longer work there, we just shorten it up to the fittest. So um, maybe the next one will be just fittest. We'll just drop the word the. <laughs> <laughs> and then fit. <laughs> yep. And then just fit. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's awesome. And I have heard nothing but great things all around. Um, uh, we had Tommy on last week, and he just raved about the movie. Um, I'm so excited to see it. And you yeah, are. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for people to see it. It's gonna be a fun. It's a fun movie. And it, it pre-sale. It's like number two overall on iTunes. Uh, it was for like a, the first week and a half, which is uh, you know I've made a few of these movies, and I always kind of track that just to see how we're doing. Um. And it's done really well. It's, it's done as well as some of, uh, as most of our other movies. And, um, but right now it's not number two. It, it typically drops off. Like the first initial launch is exciting. And then it kind of drops off. And then once we start to get closer, we start to see those numbers rise again. Cool. Well, get out there and pre-order so that we can get it back up there. Cause at one time, the yep. only thing ahead of it was star Wars, right? Yeah. At one point that was kind of cool. <laughs> And that was after it, it had been available for like a week. Like it jumped back up to like we launched the trailer and it climbed really high. And then we did the premiere and it jumped up and it was number two behind Star Wars. And I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, so cool. So um, I have to ask you, you know, it, it goes into that rough point in your in your last 18 months. You've talked about that with Tommy on Talking Elite Fitness, um, which was an amazing podcast. Uh, and I, I told Tommy what was great about it is you guys are streamed into our living room every single day. And so we feel like we're a part of your lives and part of that community. And all of us in our local gyms have our own crews. 
So to see that you guys were still standing tall and you guys were doing okay after that year was amazing. So how, thank you. Yeah. What is your reflection on that time? Oh, uh, it, it, you know, over time, everything sort of changes, you know, it always looks, the, the past always looks greener than it probably was, but the, uh, my time at CrossFit was awesome. Um, when I let, was let go, I, I, uh, the biggest thing that I was worried about and that, that I got emotional about was, wasn't that I was losing the job and the income or the security. It was that the, the friendship and the memories that we had had there. Like I, I, I was totally okay until I walked into the gym when I was going into have my final exit interview. Um, and it hit me that like 10 years earlier, we didn't have a gym in the basement and I begged for CrossFit to build a gym. And then they finally got a container full of equipment that they, we had in the parking lot. We worked out in the parking lot at night with cars pulled up with lights turned on so that we could get into fitness after working all day. And then, uh, and then finally they built this tiny, tiny, like 500 square foot gym that I worked out in for forever. And then, and then eventually it turned into this amazing, incredible studio space gym that was beautiful. And now nobody works there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think there's certainly, you know, and you guys have talked about it, but you know, there's certainly that grieving process because it was such a big part of your life. And you know, what, what I could really tell though, from listening to that podcast, it was so raw. It was so, um, you could tell it was just, you know, a group of guys, a group of friends, you know, talking things over, but I think it just really shows you how you guys really just leaned into the chaos and, you know, when thinking about you and Mars specifically, you know, you made pancakes out of powder. So you lean yeah. into this chaos <laughs> and, and made something really amazing with it. Yeah. We, we, we've gotten really lucky and, and I credit a lot of that to the community who had messaged us frequently after we were on our own and said, Hey, you, you got to keep doing road to the games. You got to keep making these documentaries. We really want to see it. And, and the athletes as well, like to me, continuing to build these superstars that I always looked up to and respected, that was super important. And when they were extremely supportive and asking us to do this, we, we were like, okay, let's, let's figure out how we can make this work and maximize fun. <laughs> yeah. And you, you guys have definitely done that. Was there, was there still something cathartic about talking about that, that time in the movie, like actually rehashing it and going over it again? Or was it painful? Uh, it, it, we don't really get emotional about it in the movie, especially cause like, we're filmmakers. It's not really about us, but we're part of the story, but we're like, we're like D characters in the movie. Like we're in it and we talk about what happens, but we don't want to come across as like bitter former employees because it's, I'm not bitter. I'm very proud of the things that I did at CrossFit. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I respect people's individuality and their decisions. And, And if Greg Glassman wants to take his company in the direction that he wants to go, that's his prerogative. And, and, and if I let other people's decisions affect how I live my life and my happiness, it, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be a very extremely unhappy person, but, but, uh, I try to live a life where my decisions determine my happiness and how I react to other people's is, is simply just a, a way to work around and, and continue being happy. And so specifically in the movie, uh, we wanted to address it we wanted other people to make statements about what, what if the decisions were the right or wrong decisions and we're just kind of flies on the wall, uh, going through it. 
Awesome. Well, we had, we had um, Chief Keefe on a couple, probably, probably a month ago now. Um, yep. And and when we had him on, he we were talking about the podcast you did with him. And I have to tell yep. you personally, when you made the statement about that you were actually excited about doing something for yourself as opposed to putting in 14-hour days for somebody else, and yep. that it was your hard work that was going to make the difference, that was so inspirational for me. And made me want to work even harder about all the stuff I'm doing now. Well, so, thank you. Yeah, that's that uh, means a lot. Yeah, thank, and I want to thank you because that was that was just awesome and and very <laughs> heartfelt and raw. Yeah, uh, well, that's. I mean, that's the honest truth. Is, is like I said in that podcast and in, in, in some other interviews that. I was all in with CrossFit, man. Like I had my whole life. I moved my house to be as close as possible to the office because I was traveling. Like when I, my first year there, I was living 40 minutes away, but I would be leaving the office at three in the morning and driving over one of the most dangerous highways in America. So yeah. <laughs> it yeah. just didn't, it didn't fit into a lifestyle that I wanted. So I moved my life closer to the gym or to, close to the office. And, and basically all my friends, all my fitness, all my fun and all my work happened in the same half mile radius. And so, so it, it became everything I did. And, and, and now I was like, okay, well, if I just take that same energy, it seemed to have a huge impact on the sport of CrossFit and fitness. And I, I'm not going to take all the credit, but I feel like there's some credit that I did to help build the sport of CrossFit and CrossFit in general. Um, I could take that same energy and there's no, I just don't see it failing doing it somewhere else. And I think the other thing that I've noticed along the way, like doing research for all these podcasts is that it appears that you have such a close knit group of friends, you know, there's Tommy and Rory and then like chief Keith loves you guys. Like he talked about you very, um, uh, very deeply about how he feels and, and how he wanted to help you guys through that time. Um, and so when you, at the end of the day, do you, do you think you're in a better place today? Uh, than you were when, when you were at CrossFit at the very end? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, I have to laugh because to give you the full story, and I don't know that I've talked about this on, a, on another interview, so you get, you get you know, a new story. Uh, when I first started working for CrossFit, I had been married for about, when I, my first contracted job with them, I had been married about three months. Um, after about nine months of uh working for the company even less than that probably six months they they kept begging me to move to california and before we officially moved from salt lake to california i moved into my parents basement with my wife and we had like a month transition before we eventually packed all our stuff and moved out to santa cruz since leaving crossfit and then because of how much i travel we've since moved back to salt lake and i'm now in my parents basement so i'm kind of in the same place i was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, only, there's no shame in that. I'm, I'm, only I'm a decade older and I have two kids. But but uh we've this isn't like I I could move out and I we're we're looking to move out, but we're we're extremely comfortable because we have A built in babysitters right. and B because I'm traveling so much, I it's very convenient for my wife to be able to rely on someone up the stairs if if I'm you know in London and and uh, someone breaks their wrist. She has someone else that can watch one child while she takes the other to the, the ER or, or Instacare, you know? So, so I'm in a very, I'm in the same position almost <laughs> like, as I was before CrossFit, but mentally, financially, uh, it, everything's in a much better p- position. Like I'm way happier now than I was at CrossFit. I'm way more excited about the future 
than I was two years ago. Um, and just extremely motivated to, to continue to see where this is going. And, and I had way more fun making the fittest than I did uh, working on the 2018 documentary that never got made. So, I mean, you have to have so much more, you know, creative freedom working for yourself now than when, with working for CrossFit. Uh, yes and no. Like CrossFit was awesome. They were super supportive. My, the people that I that oversaw me specifically, like Seven Matosian, even Greg in 2013, they were extremely, um, my first few years there, I, I was brought in and I was, I just put my nose to the ground and I did everything everyone asked me. And it was like, Hey, we need you to make a nutritional series. We need you to make an update show. Um, but they gave me some sort of creative freedom. So if you watch like the really early 2011 update shows, they're wacky. Like we had the we had we had outtakes. Like Rory McKernan is lighting cigarettes at the end of an episode. Oh like we're gosh. playing whack-a-mole at the beginning of some of them. Like they're they're absolutely ridiculous. Because I was like, I'm just gonna have fun, even though I'm creating this news show. I don't like the news, but but if I would, this would be the type of news I'd watch. So I made them really <laughs> wacky. Um, and then even the ESPN shows that we made in 2011, they definitely weren't as professional as like typical sports TV. Because I I had tried to have some fun with it when I eventually stopped making like the cookie cutter, like, Hey, you know, we'd established what the TV show was going to look like. We had established what the update show was going to look like. We, they hired other people to come in and do those things. And I was like, okay, well, what, what do I want to do now? And then at the 2013 games, I made a rap video, you know, like <laughs> that much creative control where I could spend two weeks writing a rap song with Miranda Oldroyd, Roy McKernan yeah. and Pat Sherwood, yeah. and then shooting that at the CrossFit games. And like, that was my only assignment there. And then in 2014, they were like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to make a documentary about Rich Froning. And then that became so successful um, that in 2015, we decided we would make another documentary. And when we finished that one, we realized with telling the story of, of 10 CrossFit Games people, um, we, we had a lot left on the table. So we created the Road to the Game series. Mm. And so uh, my only place where I was limited creatively was – um, and I wasn't say I was limited. It was just encouraged to not put myself on camera because a, I wasn't like a certified, uh, like I, I wasn't a CrossFit staff trainer. Like I wasn't, um, a seminar trainer. So if I'm speaking on behalf of CrossFit, they want, if someone's speaking on behalf of CrossFit, like movement, they wanted to have a level one, uh, staff trainer doing that. The other thing was, is they were very particular about like, hey, we don't want you to get too big and too public because a history of people within the company that have had that have been chopped down or fired or let go or things don't end well with them in the company. And and um, so I played it very safe when I was doing that. But that was one thing that when I left, I was like, well, I'm going to just put myself on camera because I'm the easiest person I, you know, yeah. <laughs> if I need to, if I need to make a lot of content, I can film myself and make right. it happen super easy, you know? And so if I can do that, then I can continually make content as opposed to having to always have someone else to help. So what, what led you into storytelling? Um, I have been a filmmaker since I was like a little kid, like, uh, my older brother was – so I grew up in the 80s, and uh, he was he was graduating high school in 88, 89, and I would have been five or six years old, and he was a filmmaker. My grandfather was uh, has like an old film camera that's in my possession now, 
Um, but really my older brother got me into it because he was making movies when he was in high school with an old beta camera or hi eight camera. And he would come home and he'd edit from v- VCR to VCR. And sometimes he would put me in his movies. Like he, he created a back to the future movie to see how he became so cool as a senior in high school. And so <laughs> so he, awesome. he, he went, he went back to the future and found me. I was the younger version of himself. And, and what they discovered was they were always born cool. So they were just born this way. Yeah. And so like, that was a sketch. And I loved the storytelling. I loved uh, the camera. I loved the whole process of it. So throughout elementary school and throughout um, high school specifically, I really got into it and uh, discovered my senior year that like, um, uh, I had a mentor in my senior year of high school that was like, you could make money doing this instead of trying to go do other things. Like if you you're, seem to be passionate about this, let's, let's help you find a career doing it. And since then it was like, okay, that's the only way I want to work is I want to make movies. And jokingly, I, uh, not jokingly, I went to, um, I went skiing with a high school friend the other day and, and he laughed because the exact same stuff that I was doing in high school is precisely what I'm doing now. Like I'm, I'm making sketches with my friends. I'm, I'm, filming everything and just having a, a blast doing it. So do you guys still have that film? The, the Back to the Future? Uh, I'm sure it's actually probably in my basement somewhere. I bet that would be so <laughs> funny. So so what what was the transition to going to CrossFit and working for them? Did they, did they hire you to tell stories? Is that, was that what the gig was? Uh, so I reached out to them in the fall of 2009. I had been doing CrossFit for almost a year. And I had just gone to the CrossFit Games at Aromas, and I happened to give a ride to someone that I had never met, who was Tommy Hackenbrook. And it, for those that for, for you those saw, that you saw history, that big man on the side of the road and gave him a ride. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is I was like a total geek, right? Like I was like, "Oh, we're going to the games! <laughs> I, can't wait, I can't wait to see Chris Spieler crush this thing!" And this guy in the back seat was like, "Yeah, I think I'll do okay." And I was like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> He's like, well, I'm competing. And I was like, what? And then I, you know, like I then found out that this guy that had brought a rotisserie chicken and was just gnawing on it in the back <laughs> of my car was going to be competing that weekend. Like it just never had dawned to me. He had just reached out to a local affiliate and said, hey, is anyone going down? I need a ride. So he hopped in my car. And so I semi-documented that whole experience. And he ended up taking second that year. And he and I have become really good friends over the years. Um, well, that's but, way so better than out. what I pictured. I pictured him hitchhiking <laughs> on the side of the road. Yeah, that would have been better. <laughs> uh, but, but it was essentially that. So he, uh, he he's great. He's a good dude. But but I reached out with, with Tommy being here in town. Miranda was a big name at the time. Chris Spieler is still a legend in the sport. Um, and I, I reached out and said, hey, I'm local to Salt Lake City. I would love to help you guys follow these three athletes and film with them like every other month leading up to the 2010 CrossFit games. And they said, uh, I sent that email off and like, and I sent some other videos that I had made for CrossFit and like my affiliate. And they said, well, yeah, we'd love to have you do that, but uh, we have all all these other things that we want you to do. So let's hop on a phone call. And they sent that email like three minutes later. So I was like, Oh, they must be interested. And the next day I, I was, uh, I had to duck out of my best friend's wedding and I had what turned into what I thought was going to be a 10 minute phone call turned into a four hour phone call with the head of CrossFit media named Tony Budding. And, um, he explained that they were just, uh, thirsty for content and he wanted to hire me, um, for a job at 
in Columbus to go train with uh, Louis Simmons as they were bringing him on as a seminar trainer. Um, and they had, they basically lined me up uh, for that point, like three jobs in the next four weeks. And then that went from being like one of, I went from having a handful of other clients and other documentary stuff I was doing to my calendar was completely booked with CrossFit stuff for all of 2010. And I, contracted with them for that entire year and basically spent every other weekend traveling to seminars or competitions or oh um, i think mars is calling in i think mars is calling in well let's try it let's find out try it go for it loop him in all right hello hi this is marston hey Hey. mars this is scott how are you we have good how are you good we have heber on the other line so let me try to merge these together Are you both there? I'm here. I'm here. Oh, Ooh. what's up, Mars? <laughs> what's up, dude? What's going on? Uh, just doing some uh, home improvements. Just putting some new lights. Ooh. Oh, nice. Are they colorful lights? No, no. They're just. Okay, <laughs> <Get> boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're glad that you could take us take a moment from putting your lights in to <laughs> to talk to us for a little bit. I'm Amy. I'm I'm the co-host here with Scott. So thanks for calling in. Oh yeah, sorry about that. I, I didn't know that was going to take so long, and then I looked down and I was like, oh, some way over time. <laughs> there, there's some bad like how many CrossFitters does it take to put in a light bulb joke? But we'll, we'll, we'll just pass <laughs> well, it. Yeah, it took about three. <laughs> 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 all right so i i've lost total track so of where we even were heber was talking about coming to columbus he had this four-hour phone call come to columbus filming louis simmons doing all those projects yep in yeah. 2010 i was just full-time with uh as a contractor for crossfit i dropped all my other clients uh i stopped working on other productions that i was doing and and um I think I had just seen the movie, the, the social network about the, the Facebook. Yeah. And, uh, there's the guy that's the initial investor that, that Eduardo Severin. And then, and the story goes that he didn't come to Palo Alto, but stayed in New York. And, uh, but Palo Alto was where the Facebook was happening. And so as a result of that, he was separated from the company and it blew up into this big thing. And I thought, I don't want to be Eduardo Severin. I want to be, I want to be with Mark and at the headquarters. So, so I said, okay, we're going to, we're going to pack up a move. And so I moved, like I, like I mentioned, out of my parents' basement down to Santa Cruz, California and, and worked for CrossFit for a decade. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. So, um, so Mars, I guess to get you kind of caught up to speed, what, um, what got you into storytelling and then into CrossFit? Uh, well, storytelling, I was always interested in, uh, video. So I mean, I wasn't always the best, like, writer or even listener. <laughs> and I guess I could express myself the best through a video, you know, medium. So I started doing that in uh, early middle school. And then I took a journalism class in, in my ninth grade. I actually, like, had some of the first MacBooks that had iMovie on it. And I remember that just, like, blowing my mind that I could manipulate clips in that way and be able to, like, had so much control in post-production that that's really what expanded my interest in it. And then by high school, I was doing uh, half the day at a tech center where they would kind of teach you how to 
use different software and cameras and stuff like that. And then I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to Dixie University where they also had like a pretty new film program. So I was able to like play football and be be an athlete, but also like study stuff that I liked. And that's kind of like what led me to CrossFit was like my girlfriend at the time was doing CrossFit and I went to one of her competitions and that's where I bumped into Heber because he was there filming and I basically had a we came to an agreement that if I gave him all of my footage at the end of the weekend that he'd give me a contact with somebody at CrossFit and then we'd go from there so basically after that point I started working for CrossFit and that kind of led to the ESPN shows that we piloted and they ended up needing like a bunch of people down in Santa Cruz. So I moved down there in 2011 and I was there till 2018 when they got rid of everybody. And, and so, um, what, what were what were you doing? Were you doing, were you working on the same documentaries as Heber? Were you guys working together? How did that work? Cause I don't think we as a public really knew how that was structured. Yeah, they they just tried to like have it separated into two camps a lot when we were there. So they wanted to know if you were interested in the CrossFit Games, which I was, or if you wanted to just tell what they called core CrossFit stories. And that may, basically was like, you know, your 100-pound weight loss story or, you know, just like a mom that had found CrossFit and stuff, which I find goes valuable, but I was more – I came from a sports background, so something that interested me more was the competition side of things, and it was like this kind of like blossoming new sport. So early on, me and Eber started doing the ESPN post-production shows, and those were like, you know, like uh, anywhere from like a half hour to an hour, and we probably did like 12 to 17 of them a season after the CrossFit Games, and those would come out in the fall, and they were just kind of like a little bit more slicked up versions of what you saw live at the CrossFit Games. And we did that for a few seasons and that kind of like led us to eventually doing more documentary type of stuff, which was a lot more of my interest in the beginning anyways. So uh, Heber started doing the test of fitness in 2013 and that was kind of like the first look at kind of the documentary side of of the CrossFit Games for me and Heber. And then that led him into uh, throning documentary. I was doing other stuff at the time when he was doing that. I, I was able to like assist on a lot of the at the Games, but that was really more Heber's creation. And then by 2015 was the first time that we actually had enough to, you know, like enough team and enough uh, infrastructure at the office to be able to pull off doing like a full feature film. And so... 2015 was the first one and that just kind of like was the snowball ro- rolling downhill because like once we released that we could really see that there was an audience and people really liked that stuff and I really enjoyed making it so we just rolled that into the next year that was the decade of fitness and that was a good success and then we did Redeemed and Dominant in 2017 and then 18 no doc and now 2019 we're going to have the fit so it's been collaborative effort for many years between me and Heber. We can't wait for that to come out. And I, I actually remember Scott and I got to watch um, Froning 4 in the theaters here yeah. in Columbus. Yeah. We got to go to the premiere. Oh, yeah. You guys you guys are at that premiere we did in Columbus. Yeah. Right? 
Lexington, or what's the theater called? Lexer? Uh, uh, Lennox. Lennox. Yeah. Lennox. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. That was a that was a fun night. Yeah. Yeah, that was a blast. You had, you had much different hair then. <laughs> yeah, not as luscious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't don't cut your hair, dude. <laughs> Mars, Mars says that, but last week when we, were, when we were in Australia, I don't know, last week, sometime in the last month, who knows? We were in Australia and we had this guy that had a mullet that was on one of our shows. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I saw it with the tribal Char- clash. Charlie, they, they, yeah, tribal <laughs> clash. They kept trying to get me to pick up my hair in a mullet. I was like, not happening. I gotta tell you I that. Mean, I, I would. Oh, go I'd ahead. Support it if you did it. <laughs> I mean, it's actually kind of a. It's coming back. I'm gonna be honest. I have a uh, a 17 year old. And when it was uh, time for the playoffs for football this this season, uh, half the guys had mullets, and uh, and oh, oh my gosh, it was just very interesting. So I, I, you brought up Australia. There's a couple things I, I do have to ask you about. One, the tribal clash. That yeah. vlog was epic. I felt like Thank I was you. watching Rocky again. <laughs> a few more a few more laughs than rocky but it was it had that spirit to it it was incredible i could not take my eyes away (laughs) thank you that was so fun that was (laughs) it was a dizzy moment yeah because me me and heber were coming off of kind of getting you know a little bit under the weather in europe because we went to uh the strength or yeah strength and depth and so our teammates kept texting us and they're like so are you guys ready to do this because like we're going there to win and we're like you're like we Ooh. have very different expectations <laughs> and if that's what you guys are expecting so it was just like we showed up and we didn't know what we were really getting ourselves into didn't know what the events were or really how it operated but we got thrown on a team and it was like really incredible to see us all work together after like never really doing that before and and kind of coming away at the end of the weekend winning it was just super surreal and it was kind of like the disney movie you know it was and charlie couldn't have been more excited i mean that dude was <laughs> dude, that dude I was know. out of his mind yeah uh, he, like he, so close yeah he he like actually you know he's been doing it for a long time this was like his seventh or eighth attempt and it had been close to the podium multiple times and just had it stripped away at the last event or in the tug of war <laughs> oh my god! So, yeah, so we can we can. The other thing I have to ask about it about Australia is um, Mars, dude, losing the Snickers after the skydiving. I thought it was a Twix bar. Which was it? It was a Snickers. <laughs> the only thing I had that morning. Like, what's funny is like going going into it, everybody's like, maybe you need a big meal. You know, you're gonna jump out of a plane. And Hebrew was telling me that like when he did it the first time, that the plane ride was like the worst, and he was super sick and. I'm already like notorious for getting like motion sickness on like a merry-go-round. So like I was trying to like heed as much advice as I could. So at the, at the time we like got up in the plane, I was fine, no 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 issue there. And then we jump out and I'm fine. And then he gives me the reins and he's like, "Here, pull down on the rein," and it just starts spinning. And I'm like, "No, I don't." So I gave him back the reins. Like, dude, I'm sick. He's like, "All right, let me get you down." And he got down and. I was able to hold it together for a few seconds, but then I, you know, then up came the Snickers. Oh, goodness. Uh, well, gosh, I can't stop laughing. So another another thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is we had we had Tommy on. We told Heber that a little bit earlier uh, uh, last week, and he was talking about his wedding. And Amy had said that 
well, you guys have the best videographers for the wedding. And he said, well, the problem is that they're going to be in it. And so my suggestion was yeah. a, a GoPro goes with a tuxedo, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, we'll, we'll have like canes, but we'll have like GoPro maxes <laughs> on the end of them. You know? <laughs> be like dumb and dumber with canes that they have cameras attached. And Tommy said that his, he felt like you guys would probably make a, a buttery bros episode out of the whole wedding anyway. So yeah probably <laughs> yeah probably he's not gonna be the star of his own wedding sorry tommy <laughs> <laughs> well you better not go and take a four-hour phone call during this wedding yeah exactly <laughs> well yeah very different position this year this this summer yeah <laughs> so trying to get on a little bit more serious note i i do have one question do you with making the fittest and now doing the vlog series in addition to that, did, does that change the way you tell the story now after being in front of the camera and kind of being out with the public and doing the vlog and now doing a documentary again, or do you go back to the old way of always doing it? Uh, are you talking about the movie specifically? And, and uh, like, I just want to clarify, like, is that me? Are you asking, does the movie change because of what we've been doing on, on the buttery brush show? Yes. That's what I'm asking. Uh, I would say that the the movie has a very similar tone and feel to our other movies, and that the Buttery Bros show is a is an entirely different entity that is sort of like butter on top of the meat uh, of of the the fittest. That okay. uh, it, it has, you know, we know what our roots are. We know what's worked for the movies, and it's not about us. It's about the athletes and how incredible they are, and and how super heroic they are. The, where the buttery bro show is like it's kind of cool and we're kind of fit but we're kind of almost the butt of some of our own jokes because we aren't as fit as a lot of people that we're working out with so um it's a very different tone when you're telling that kind of a story as opposed to and having fun with it as opposed to making someone look like uh they belong on the cover of, of a marvel mag uh marvel comic book so what I'm hearing is that you are putting in your documentary people that actually follow the standards of CrossFit and the rep schemes versus when you guys are doing <laughs> your box jump overs. Box jump, box jump rollovers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. look it up. Check it out. They're rough. I mean, they're rough. It's all the rage. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just have to say, I just love your guys' energy. I mean, it's just you know it's just so fun to watch the buttery bros the shows and um and to just have you know a little bit of sun in our lives when we're here in this you know gray columbus ohio during this winter time so you know just, i just love what you guys put together it makes it super fun so i do have to ask though because i get this question that people want to know where the litter box came from <laughs> and, and, go ahead, nurse. <laughs> It just kind of happened, I guess. Like we, so we were, in, uh, I think it originated in Miami when we were in Wynwood. We were just like going around doing all these like dance moves with all the like street art behind us. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know, I, I started doing like, I was playing like bongos, like air bongos, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then, and then I just started like, I don't know, hinging at the hip and it turned into the litter box. And I was like, <laughs> Genius really has to happen, happen naturally. Yeah, you, you know, and it's just funny because it's not like something I like it would have ever expected people to like come up to me now and be like, can we do the litter box? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man, let's do it. <laughs> are, are you glad that you came up with that move? Because like everybody's doing it now. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have thought that we would have had our own move, you know? I didn't think I'd be, like, eating pancakes for a living either, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So did I hear in the last Buttery Bros that there may be a Danny Broflex coming back? I heard that. Ooh. Yes, you you heard correctly. Yeah. That's pretty That's we've you know, been, uh, Go ahead. We've been I was gonna say we've been teasing it for a while. We actually to give you guys the inside scoop, we filmed our first episode of Danny Broflex for this new project we've been working on almost exactly a year ago at Wadapalooza. And then uh, we filmed another episode while we were there this year, which was phenomenal. And then um, we've been accruing content with Dan. Like we're not uh, when we when we did the series before, he would come out to Santa Cruz and just cross it with put him up in a hotel for like a month or three months, and we would just create content while we were just goofing around in the office. And like I'd be like, hey, there's these guys playing chess down the hall. Let's go bug it. Let's put on your wig. I'll go film it, and you just go harass them. Oh man, and the that, chess that's, episode is still one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> you know like that's just how it how it happened and it, you know from that we created like 10 episodes and so now we've we've created a, no, a new series that has uh dan uh, coming back and and discussing where he's been for the last few few years and and what his plans are moving forward and so we have this funny funny new series coming out with uh on dan's channel uh soon i don't know how soon but hopefully soon oh that's awesome you know, because Dan, Dan's a hometown boy here in Columbus. Yep. Uh, and so we love him to death, and uh, we're so excited to, he to hear that. So I'm just going to finish up with, or I think Amy. Well, I need to just ask one more question. Okay. okay. So it's about pancakes. So yeah. I loved So I'm a coach, and um, one of my 500 part-time jobs. But I always, when I coach my youth class, I always do like a would you rather. Or, you know, I'm going to give you one option. You have to pick one. Okay. So if you guys could only have one option on your pancakes for the top, would it be syrup or peanut butter? Syrup. Yeah, syrup for pancakes. Wow. Have you ever had peanut butter on your pancakes, though? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. That's great. But if you have to choose one, I'm, okay. I'm sticking with the, the tradition. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can hear it. I like it. But, but, if it, but, if it, but if it was syrup and butter, I would go butter. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So mine's a little more serious than okay, that. Sorry. Um so what what <laughs> did, what did, what does the future look for you guys? Like for you guys? You know, you've been through a lot over the last year and and things are moving in a in a great direction for you guys. What's the plan going forward? I, we we talked about doing the fittest to just fittest to fit um to, to it. <laughs> the fittest is <laughs> yeah, the, the fittestest, the more fittest, <laughs> and then we'll just go the totally opposite direction. We'll go the fattest. You know, we'll we'll explore all avenues of life. Yeah, all kinds of stories to tell there. Yeah, I think I think moving forward, uh, more documentaries. We we are figuring out um, what our next one will be, and and working that out for for what twenty twenty is going to look like, and already looking at. Um, okay, what? how long do we want to be doing this type of thing? How many of these stories do we want to tell? Um, and so we've, we kind of have penciled in stuff for the next two years in regards to like, hey, these are documentaries we want to tell in this space in this time. Um, the other thing is continuing to just really grow the, the, the Buttery Bros thing. Like we started the Buttery Bros channel to get us around making documentaries and films, and it's become so rewarding and so fun and, and 
really taken a life of its own that we we would love to uh, continue to grow that into new avenues that we haven't yet explored. And so we're, we're talking to, uh, we, we just hired like a legit manager who's going to help us expand the Buttery Bros to bigger and broader and better things. That is awesome. Because we, uh, I mean, every episode that comes out is like must watch for my crew. Uh, and we're texting back and forth as soon as it comes out. It's uh, it brings a lot of joy to a lot of people. So I'm so glad that you guys found That's that awesome. avenue. So will we yeah, see you? Too. Will we see you guys at the Rogue Invitational? Mars, you want to take that? <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that that's still to be decided. Um, we went last year, and like we had a good turnout, and like we've made a good blog. But like for us, um, trying to get access to the competition floor is hard, okay. and that's kind of like a big driving force in project that we're going to be working on this next year for the next documentary so we have a lot of events coming up and we're i know we're going to be going to a lot of the loud and live ones but not sure about rogue yet okay well, yeah, hoping... rogue has such an they, they have such an awesome media team that like we add value to a, like for going to some of these events we bring so much value because they don't have a lot of content created around it or if they do it's only really watched by the people that are attending that so like, you know, we go to a local, we go to like tribal clash and they've never had so many people seeing a show about tribal clash because the only content creator outside of us that's been there is, is, uh, Craig Ritchie. And that was back when he was not as big as he is now. Um, and not downplaying that at all, but like the videos that they make themselves just don't get that reach where rogue, they make such an exceptional thing that we're not really adding a whole lot of value to them. So they're like, ah, oh, yeah, we don't really need you to come. But if you come, you can do these things and it kind of limits what we're trying to do. So it's got it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a business decision that, that we need to work through yeah. with them and, and for ourselves. Sure. Yeah. And I, I know when the loud and live um, podcast, you talked about how you guys made the decision to go to London that first time because you knew that you could produce something better than what was available. And so is that along <laughs> the same lines? Well, that was specifically because we knew uh, that was around the open. So that's not a new in relation to the strength and depth event. Like the strength and depth event had had a live stream, um, and so I knew some people would be watching that. But we knew, like, we didn't create an episode of the Better Bros around the strength and depth event. We made it around the open announcement the night before the event happened. So we knew, hey, we've seen what goes into these open announcements. We've seen how much work and pre-production time goes into these open announcements that CrossFit has done in the past. There's no way that anyone's going to live up to the past and everyone's going to be upset in the community. So let's go create something and drop it 12 hours later. That's going to blow everybody's minds. And, and that was Marson's idea and we pulled the trigger and, and uh, it went better than expected. Yeah. yeah I, we, it, it blew our minds. So we, we watched it immediately and we thank you guys for doing that. Um, I'm actually going to be on the road. I'm, I actually got my hotel for the Granite game, so I'll be up there if you guys are doing that loud and live event. Um, oh, fun. Yeah, we discussing that. We, we haven't landed on what we're doing for, for that event yet. Okay, cool. Um, but maybe we'll see you on the road, and I think I'm going to the games too, so we'll maybe see you there. So, um, yeah, yeah, I can buy our RV. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually yeah, staying in the RV park. It. Oh, you are? Yeah, do it. Yeah. Like so, I've done the games for like ten years, and this last year staying in the RV park was by far the most 
you know, it was the funnest and like the best way to do it. If you're asking me. That's awesome. That, that whole trip that the, that you guys took from Cookville up was so much good content on both Tommy's podcast and your um, vlog hours of laughter yeah. and Mars, your, your, <laughs> your words of inspiration, <laughs> where they come from. I have no idea. Oh, I just random dispatches from Mars. Is that what, is that what <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even remember saying a lot of the things that I say. It's just like Tommy literally has an entire like log on his phone of a bunch of quotes that I've said. And I'm like, I don't remember saying a lot of those things, but it sounds like <laughs> something I would say. Well, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to, to, you know, have this conversation with us. It was so great getting to, to know you guys and, and just enjoying your energy tonight. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you thank so you much. Guys. Thanks yeah. for having us on. Thank yeah, you. Th- yeah, and, absolutely. Let's do it again. Keep doing what you do. Um, cause we love it and, uh, we'll, we'll keep supporting. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you guys. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. So that was a great interview with those guys. Um, It was really fun. Um, I think I laughed for an hour straight uh, with that interview. Um, And I do apologize. I mean, this is our 21st episode. I've kept my composure pretty good over that time, but I may have fanboyed a little bit with this one. So I apologize if that came across. Hey, we're just real people. Yeah. It's funny because I think I think for me when CrossFit made the decision to to let everybody go and we didn't know what was going to be left for us as fans of the sport, um they came out with those vlogs and it just kind of made me happy again. And so in my life I think they just really played an, an integral role in keeping me in, involved in CrossFit during that little bridge. Uh, when they were trying to figure out what what was next. Any comments from you two? Yeah, I mean, I love what they've done with it. And I mean, it adds a lot of entertainment to my life. Yeah, I I agree. All right, well, let's go to the news. Uh, A couple big things happened. We had two sanctionals this weekend. Uh, We had first uh, the Australian CrossFit Championships. Uh, it was really hard to follow because they did not live stream. Um, and therefore, you just kind of had to pick up from the highlights. And so, Charlie, do you want to hit the individuals? Yeah, the um, so Cara Saunders, the, what you call herself now, the baby bear? <laughs> Mama bear. Mama bear. With, brought her baby bear up. She actually won the competition there. Um, Jay Crouch got the ticket uh, with James Newberry coming in second, still looking for his ticket as well, Um, but performed well based on his coming off of his accident and um, team independence actually won as well. So, but they already have a ticket. So, yeah. So Mia Hesketh actually gets the ticket behind Cara Sanders Saunders. Uh, She came in second and she used to be known as Mia Ackerman. Uh, So you may know her from that. Uh, and she's been to the games before. Last year, she was on uh, Team JST, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so she got her individual ticket this year uh, with a second place finish at the games or at the Australian CrossFit Championship. 
And on the team side, the ticket actually goes to Star Strength Black. And that may not ring any bells for you, but the one person that is really well known on that team is Althea Boone. Alethea Boone. Mm. Alethea. Yeah. Alethea Boone. Uh, so, yeah, so she was the captain of that team. And so she's a, she's a master's athlete now. And uh, But she got she got her ticket to the games through the team. So it'll be interesting to see if they accept that ticket uh, or if she's got plans to do uh, another individual type thing. And just so we know, uh, the other people on that team were Christy Hollard, Reese Machelle, and Jody Gardner. Uh, so, so that was that team. And then we had also the Brazil CrossFit Championships. Um, and I'm going to turn that over to Amy to read all right. who the winners were and the tickets and all that stuff. Okay, so I'm going to read to you the top five of the males and then the females. The top five males is a lot easier to pronounce than the females. So here we go. First place, Adam Davidson. Second place, Josh Miller. Third Bolherme Dominguez, Bolherme Dominguez, uh, Marquan Jones, and Rasmus Anderson. And fifth. Whoops. Okay. And Murph, then, Murph is excited Murph, that Adam. Murph is excited. Yep. So I'm going to move into a different room. Okay. <laughs> then we've got Melina Rodriguez in first, Cecilia Ramirez Volamil, Villamil, Andrea Pinheiro. Anita Pravidi and Louisa Diaz. And since nobody in that group uh, had their ticket before, uh, the winners actually will get the ticket to the games. Mm -hmm. Good luck to them. Yeah. And then here we go for our team. We have Terranus Life Tree is in first. Second is Invictus Brazil. And then third is Happy Hearts. Fourth is CFP9. And then fifth is Team Treta Black Sheep. And again, the winner will get the ticket to that, uh, to the games there as well. Yeah. So congratulations to all of them. It was kind of a lot going on this weekend, so we didn't get as much opportunity to kind of watch it uh, because we had the Arnold going on here and a couple other things, but... Um, we do wish all those people who got their tickets well. Um, and it was cool to see Cara Saunders back on top of the podium um, so soon after giving birth um, in that competition. So Yeah, that was great. Uh, and it was really cool to see James Newberry in second. I know for a minute he was in first, uh, yeah. but um, Jay Crouch is really a good young CrossFitter. Yeah. Uh, and he was actually on... Uh, at the Exterminators last year, the team that went to the games, and was mm -hmm. with our last guest on the last episode on that team. So, little connection there. Kate Gordon was, and, and her and him were on that Exterminators team. So, so you just brought up the Terminator and makes me think of some other stuff. Can I can I add one more thing funny about the weekend? Sure. So, Charlie, this was the funniest part. So, you know, I've never been to the Arnold before. Right. And I was just one to fan girl. I wanted to be able to see Arnold. Okay. Like, I just wanted to be able to see him. And here we are, Scott, Scott's judging. 
All right. I'm wait watching the heat before we go. And all of a sudden this entourage starts coming over and Schwarzenegger is standing behind Scott while he's judging with mm-hmm. a 30 plus posse of people oh, yeah. entourage around him. Oh, yeah. I'm laughing hysterically because Scott has no idea that Arnold is behind <laughs> him on the, on the competition floor taking selfies. Nice. And then, and then it wasn't even so much that Arnold was on there. It was that the whole entourage gets over there. Right. And so then, you know, somebody kind of comes over and like kind of pushes them off. And then that, and that workout, they had to sprint down to the bikes. And so everybody kind of sprints down to the bikes and you see Arnold, like, whatever, I'm coming back on this competition right. floor. I'm Arnold. I can do what I want. And so then they have a bunch of people on the bikes and, Steve Schweitzer over there judging again and there's Arnold and the the paparazzi over there. It just was it was That's pretty right. pretty entertaining. Schweitzer takes his job very seriously. He cannot be he distracted. Well, I, I will tell you from my perspective, I didn't know he was there at first. I yeah. just kind of heard this rumbling behind me and I'm trying to keep count um as the pull-ups are going on and all of a sudden I'm bumped from behind and I'm like what the hell? And I turn around, and there's Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's you. And, and so then, I went back to counting yeah. pull-ups. Then on day two, he comes back, and it was – oh, man, I felt bad for these people. It was uh, Matt's effort, unbroken double-unders, okay? <laughs> and so my teammate's out there, and, and Schwarzenegger comes out, again, on the middle of the competition floor, gets the mic <laughs> from the announcer – what was he yelling, Schweitzer, about the chopper? <laughs> bring out, bring take, out the chopper. Take, take me to the chopper. Oh, take me to the chopper. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just that was some good entertainment from the weekend. Yeah, I, I, I think I just blocked all that out of my mind. Um, but yeah, yeah, Schwarzenegger taking over the floor twice during our competition was pretty funny. It, it was definitely. Definitely some extra entertainment. And he was taking selfies the whole time. I know. Where are these selfies? I don't know. On his phone. Yeah. Apparently he hasn't figured out how to post them yet. Right. Apparently. Oh, and last last thing I need to add from the weekend. The first thing my team and I did afterwards when we went to go stuff our faces with food, I had a drink and guess what I drank? What's that? A Corona. No. Do you know what goes with the coronavirus? A Lyme. Lyme's disease. Uh, Wow. Well, let's let's finish up with the last piece of news before this deteriorates even more. Okay. (laughs) Um, And so the last thing we want to talk about is someone's pregnant. It's not me. It's going through CrossFit like wildfire. Yeah. Camille LeBlanc-Bassinet. Yeah. Which, as Charlie mentioned, he's not surprised after those pictures they've been posing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, so her and Might have been after that picture. And Dave Lipson are going to have a baby. They are. Congrats to them. And that's awesome. So we're going to have a lot of... uh, Former games champion babies here soon. Yeah, that's right. All about, all about the same age. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, all right. Well, it's been a long weekend. I think we're all tired and we have to get back to our real life tomorrow. Yeah. So with that, this has been the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. We'll see you next time. Bye. See you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. We are available on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Please, if you liked what you just heard, hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends.